Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. My name's Jay Shetty. I am so, so grateful that you're here right now. And I just want to take a moment. Listen to this. This is crazy, right? We're nearly at 10,000 five-star reviews. It's insane. And that's thanks to each and every single one of you that are turning up every single week. Our audience and community is growing on a daily basis. And we're so close to having those 10,000 reviews. So if you're already a subscriber to the podcast, thank you so much. If you haven't subscribed, please do so you get notified whenever we launch a new podcast. And if you've already subscribed, please, please, please go and leave a review. It means so much to me. I love reading the ones that are so powerful, so deep, and so meaningful, and they really, really do mean a lot to me. So thank you so much. Now, this week, I want to do something really interesting on the episode. I'm speaking at a lot of events. I'm going to a lot of sessions, and sometimes these Q&A at events are really powerful ways for me to connect with each of you, and I want to share these with you. And the reason why I want to share them with you is sometimes I think when someone asks me a question in the audience, I'm thinking, I I bet there's more people who think like this. I bet there's more people that are struggling with this or challenged with this. And then when I did this Q&A, I thought, this one I want to share on the podcast. So what you're about to hear right now is a Q&A that I did at an event this year. And you're going to get to hear people ask me their real challenges, real questions. And you're going to hear me talk about so many different things, everything from being a video creator all the way through to being more mindful, through to how to have real transformation in your life. And I talk about these three C's of transformation, which you're going to hear, but I want to put them up front for you. You're going to hear about the power of coaching, the power of consistency, and the power of community. And as you're listening through this episode, I want you to ask yourself that question. Where am I getting coaching? Of course, you're listening to this podcast, so you're getting it right here. But where, where in your life are you open to mentorship and coaching? The second thing is, what is helping you be consistent? If the area in your life you want to accelerate, are you consistent in growth in that space? And the third is, are you surrounding yourself with a community that is built for growth? I can't wait for you to hear this episode. As always, share your insights on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and everywhere else. And I can't wait to see what you learn. Hey, everyone. Awesome. Feel free to come closer if you want to come closer. If you want to sit on the stage, then I'll come sit down with you as well. Awesome. Let's do this. Any questions about anything? I'll just wait. Perfect, let's do it. Hey Jay, I love what you shared in the last session about how we get to be conscious with our consumption, yeah. especially social media. I'm gonna flip that and go even into creation. And so, when you look at kind of an overlay of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the internet and social media, one might say that Facebook is giving us belongingness, LinkedIn achievement. What What's next in terms of self-actualization and ultimately self-transcendence? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. So first of all, I, I don't think any social media can give us self-actualization. I wish it could. That'd be so cool if you could take a pill or watch a video or whatever it may be and that it just gave you that moment. It would be amazing. But I think what's next is we have come to a place where I think people are looking for alternatives, that people have become dissatisfied with the norm. It's why social media videos around the positive elements are growing because all of us are seeking and I think that's awesome. And I think the biggest thing we have to do is I think everyone has to sit down and just seek a step further and just go, okay, I've found this piece of content online that inspired me, that moved me. What do I do now about it in my real life, right? That's online, offline. What am I gonna do offline 
that is parallel to what I just saw online. And if it's just constantly watching more videos, that's not gonna work. There are needed regular reminders, but I think we have to go have an offline experience. So what I say to a lot of people is, like, I, I love the fact that we're all meditating for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, etc. but if you can go away and do a day course on meditation or mindfulness or self-realization, if you can go away and do a weekend, an immersive experience trumps, sorry to use that word, a, 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 a immersive experience trumps a 10 minute segment that you could do all year, any day, in terms of deepening experience. I'll explain what I mean. If you meet someone that you want to date, girl, guy, whatever it is, and you want to date them and you saw them for 10 minutes a day, how long will it take you to fall in love? If you spent a whole weekend with someone, you're more likely to know whether you want to be in love with them or not, and what works and what doesn't. So my point is the 10 minutes a day is great, but go have an immersive experience. Go and really get stuck into an ideology, a methodology that works for you, and then that 10 minutes is gonna feel meaningful and fruitful. So that would be my tip. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for your question. Hey, man. I just wanted to know, what is the biggest obstacle that you're currently overcoming and going through? Beautiful question. Wow, thank you for that. I think the biggest obstacle, uh, can I give two? I'll give, I, I have internal and external things for everything. And what I mean by that is, there's stuff that I'm working on personally that's a challenge, and then there's professional stuff that's a challenge. So, so the professional stuff that's a challenge is, we're still living in a world which values mainstream media and messages. So for a lot of us creators who are really trying to make a stand, we're still trying to break through that noise. There is a group of people that have been buying the same work, doing the same work, spreading the same messages. And slowly we're trickling in there, but it still requires a lot of work. So the more people that keep reminding people that this is where the world's going, this is what the world needs, that's gonna help all of us break through. So that's one of the biggest obstacles that I face all the time is despite everything, you're still having to convince people, right, who are in positions of power, that wellness, empowerment, uplifting messages are the future of where, what humanity needs. So we still live in a world that wants to feed us negative content. We still live in a world that wants to go with the, the quick win, right? The cheap comedy, the quick win, rather than the refining acts of creation. On a personal level, the biggest obstacle I go through is refining my intention on a daily basis. And the reason why I say it's an obstacle is because I always remind myself to be cautious. I'd rather be more cautious than end up in a mess. So every day I refine my intention about what I say yes to and what I say no to. It's so easy to say yes to brand deals because they make a lot of money. But constantly I'm looking at them and refining my intention and going, is this gonna help my audience? Because that's why I started. When I started, I didn't think about any of that. All I started was service. And so I'm constantly reminding myself to only create and only make out of service. So if something's gonna serve, then it fits. If it's not gonna serve, then I don't really want that in my life because that's gonna keep planting what I call weeds. So I'm always refining my seed and weed formula. So seeds are positive seeds, positive things that are gonna empower people, help people, serve people, and weeds are negative intentions. So seeds are positive intentions, weeds are negative intentions. Every day I'm ripping out those weeds out of my heart because I don't want to plant those weeds because we all know weeds don't grow trees, fruits, or shade for anyone else. Yeah, thank you. you man. Awesome, man. I'll see you there. Thank you, bro. Good to see you. I'll be trying to wear my T-shirt. I love it. It's really nice. Hey, how's it going? So I had a question. So you create a lot of content, and a lot of people obviously watch it, and it's very transformational for a lot of people. 
Uh, what I was curious about is in your coaching group or in your content, what do you see actually most people from watching to making that shift of engaging and taking action for themselves? Absolutely. So I think videos give inspiration. In three to four minutes, you can inspire someone. And, and let's not, I don't want to underestimate the potential of a video too. I get thousands of messages every week where someone messages me and says, your video stopped me from committing suicide. And, and for me, that's, that's why, I, why I make video at one of the deepest levels. It's, it's incredible to see. I never thought a video could do that, but it does. And I always respond saying, no, I didn't do that. You did that. Like, you stopped yourself from committing suicide. Like, take that responsibility. You did it. You won. Like, you beat that battle, not me. You did it yourself. And so I don't want to take away from the power of a video. But what I do want to say is that the quicker you can get into something that is consistent, community-based and coached by a mentor, the quicker you're gonna grow. And those are the three C's of growth, right? You need a coach. If you wanna get good at everything, you have to have a coach. There is no one who's got good at anything without having a coach, whether it was conscious or subconscious, right? Whether you knew it or you didn't know it. You know, for me, a big thing was getting a personal trainer last year when I started exercising more, taking care of my body and my health. I realized how much a coach could make you fall in love with something you don't enjoy. So coaches are the number one. The second thing is it needs to be consistent. It's not good enough to hear someone once at a conference. It's not good enough to meet someone once a month. You need that consistency. We, we shower every day, we eat every day, right? You have to do both to stay alive, so you need to refuel and renew your mind every single day. It needs to be consistent. And the third thing is it needs community. Right? If you're growing without community, it's not sustainable. All of us need friends that want the same thing. All of us need friends to discuss things with, to grow with, to hear the same ideas back, to reflect with. So those are the three C's. So if you're not growing, it's because one of those three C's or two of those three C's or maybe three of those three C's are, are not in our lives. So I, I ask myself, when I'm not growing, I'm like, which one's missing? And then I find it and then I go find that and I water that, right? So three C's. Awesome, thanks. begin kind of the whole content creation thing. Sure. I have a company right now where I'm doing a lot of that myself. It's like trying to figure out who my audience is, who naturally fits with me, or do I go after the audience and try to fit myself with them? Like, how did the whole content thing start for you? Absolutely. So, a lot of people don't know this, but I started making content when I was 18, but it wasn't online. So. When I first got exposed to the wisdom that I speak about now, I set up a university society called Think Out Loud, and literally groups of 10 students would come to hear me speak every week on philosophy, psychology, and science. And so I would do these interactive presentations, and I did them every week from 18 to 22, and by the end, when I left university, we had 100 students coming every single week. So one of the things I talk about with any good content creator is, I've spent more time with people's pain, and that's why the content works. Because when you've sat with people and you've really understood their issues and you've done it again and again and again, and bear in mind, when I did at university, it made zero money, I had zero followers, and it was zero views. It was purely, and it still is, to help people. But at that time, there was no other element to it. But I have to sit with real people, with real challenges. Coming to a conference like this is great. The questions you ask me are feeding content in my mind because I'm hearing what people are really struggling with. So the first step is you've got to sit with real people, with real stories who have real challenges, because ultimately content has to be a cure to that. And the second thing I say is that there's two types of content creators. One is the sellout, and one is the selfish. So a selfish creator only creates videos for themselves. You know when you make a video and I'm like, I would so watch this, right? And it's like, yes, you're the only person that would so watch that. 
And I've made some of those videos too where you just think you're so smart and you look so cool. But that's selfish creator. You make stuff that only you understand, right? No one else would get it. And then you have the, the sellout content creator. The sellout only makes for the audience. The sellout goes, oh, what's trending this week? Let me make a video about this. Oh, oh that buzzword, or I'm gonna chuck it in there. And that doesn't work either because that's hard to refuel. It's hard to feel meaningful. So the truth is the marriage between the two. You want to listen to people to find out what their challenges are, but you want to draw from whatever you're learning to serve that challenge. And you finding that sweet spot is where, where all the content creation happens. So for me, all of my videos start with a real challenge someone's dealing with, and then I'm finding a solution in what I learned as a monk to apply to that. And I always try and find science to back it up because I'm a bit of a geek and I like science. So, so that's kind of how I create content. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, Valerie. Hey. Hey. So, all the work that I'm trying to do right now is helping high school students invest in their personal development, providing personal development scholarships. And so, I wanted to know if you could go back in time to tell your high school self to what would you say to invest in yourself earlier? What do you wish that you had done sooner to just invest in your personal development? The biggest thing I did wrong was I used to look at job specs and think, can I do that? Right, so I would look at a job specification. I'm sure many of you have done this. And the stats show actually that when men look at job specs, if they can do 75% of it, they're like, yeah, I'm applying. And if women look at it, and even if they can do 75% of it, they'll say, I can't apply. Right? So women, obviously, based on that, are more honest than men. Uh, but men have that ability. Statistics show that men are over, over amplifying their skill set and how they view themselves. So my point being that I always analyzed my abilities based on what a job spec said. So I was always trying to fit what I had into that. And I think everyone should work the opposite way around. We should be teaching young people to reflect on what am I good at? What are my skills? What brings me alive? What do I love? What do I love doing and could work on all night long? Like when you start getting someone to live like that, they're either gonna find a job and create their own job inside a company, or they're gonna go off and become an entrepreneur, or they're gonna do something that's really meaningful to them. Right? And it's not about entrepreneurship or being an employee or any of those options. It's the point of, let's not look at our lives based on do we fit a resume? Like, do we fit in a job spec? Like, analyzing yourself based on that is so limiting, and I did that for such a long time. And so my biggest advice to my high school self or just before I go to college or started a job would be, let's get me to reflect on what I'm good at, what I'm passionate about. And the second step is, let me get really good at it. And that's what's often missed. We always hear people say like, follow your passion, like live your passion. That's terrible if you're not good at it, right? That's terrible advice if you're not the best in the world at it or, in, or one of the best in the world at it. So I absolutely love soccer, right? Football, real football. Uh, I, I absolutely love soccer and I've played my whole life. I'm pretty good. I could never have played at a Premier League level. And I love it and I'm passionate about it. I love the sport, but I don't have the physical ability or the physical training, or even the tolerance and discipline to do that. And so it's not just about what you're passionate, and I think we've got to stop just pushing that bit. It's about passion and then perfecting. And we've got to force people to move that passion to perfection. Thank you, and thank, thank you, you for the birthday shout out. Oh, awesome, happy birthday. Have a great weekend. Hey. Hi, my name is Helen. Um, I was in the last session, and one of the things that you said really struck me was how you were trying to from online to online. Can you talk about that model? Because I think I've gone to many conferences on this, right? 
but it's a continuity. How do you continue to grow and, and find kind of those tribes that you were talking about? Yeah. So I'd love to learn in terms of how you develop them in the Absolutely. So I come from a world where I used to do a lot of one-to-one -one coaching, working with individuals. And then when I had this desire, I read that study that said more people own a smartphone than a toothbrush. And I was just like, I need this content to connect with everyone in the world. And that's when I started making videos because I felt that I didn't just want to speak to the boardrooms. I didn't just want to speak at conferences. I wanted this to touch everyone who owned a mobile phone like, because then we could help everyone in the world because that was a pattern that I saw. And so when I came from that world and then I started making videos and then multiple people sent emails to me saying, hey Jay, we'd love to be coached by you, we'd love to work with you. And I realized if I started doing individual coaching again, I could never keep up with it. So I set up my genius coaching group at the beginning of last year in 2018, which is my online coaching program, which has thousands of members all over the world that are connecting and being coached by me as a group. And the beautiful thing in that is, is that the community is so strong and so deep. People meet each other for birthdays. They send each other Christmas presents. Like, people are getting to, if I went down my page right now, I could show you every city in which we have a meetup right now. Actually, I'm gonna do it because it's fun. If I could bring it up on the screen, I would. But this, this has given me more joy than anything I've achieved in the last year because we have all these meetups having every week and the best thing is they're not based around me being present. And that's the most fulfilling thing to me that it's not, I don't have to turn up for people to meet. So this is just this week. New York, London, Switzerland, San Francisco, India, Bangalore, Mexico City, Pakistan, Lahore, Bulgaria, Australia, UK, Edinburgh, Canada, Maryland, Virginia, India, Pune, uh, India, Mumbai, Singapore, France, Spain, right? Just this week. And then we have, thank you so much. And that, and that goes on and on and on and on and on. So for me, I was constantly thinking about what's really gonna help people them watching my video and getting my coaching is important, but people need friends and family. And, and I, I realize that one of the biggest challenges people have today is that they don't feel their current group of friends or family really get them. Anyone ever felt like that? Yeah? When I became a monk, my family didn't get me, and I don't blame them for that. But, uh, but, but if you feel that way, I've noticed that this coaching group has really helped people. So if that's something that interests you, it's called my Genius Coaching Program. It's easy to find online and check out. I'd, lo I'd love that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd love that too. I just, I, I, I don't really know so much about the education system in this country, having not come from it, because I grew up and born and raised in London, so I don't know so much, but... Uh, sure, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm Wendy. Um, I'm about to put into action my question, because my question is, when you're trying to create content, what's your best wisdom on living a life of presence as your mind is racing? I want to capture that, I want to do this. So, yeah. this is too big of an opportunity, I'm going to this, and I'd love to hear your answer. I love it, I love it. So, I read a study, I read a study that says, you can't be creative and logical at the same time. How many of you have tied to go from coming up with the next best video idea to walking into a meeting about numbers and business like two seconds later, right? Or you're in a meeting where you're trying to care about people and then the next meeting is like all about tasks, strategy, breaking things down, like logistics. What you're basically doing is stretching the mind's capability. So you can do both, but not for long. What you're doing is you're stretching the mind's capability. You're creating more stress, more burn burnout, productivity goes down, effectiveness goes down, creativity goes down. So what I do is I block create content and then I live and do everything else. So what I mean by that is in a 30 day 
month, right? I spend nine days a month creating content where I get so deep. All I'm doing is scripting, reading, researching, videoing, filming, editing, titling. I'm like completely immersed in the process. And then for the other 21 days, I'm out at conferences like this. I'm doing meetings where I don't have the pressure of having to create content. I'm not sitting here going like, oh my God, I need to post a video right now because that would stress my brain out. And I used to do that. And then when I read this study, I was like, how do I apply that to my life? Bang, I found it and now that's what I do. So I'm recommending to everyone that when you go creative, go deep. And then when you go logistical and networking and connection, go deep. Don't try to do both at the same time. No, <laughs> awesome and you're in the vlog to finish. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so don't, my, in, in that point, like, even if you have a weekly vlog, don't record it weekly. Record it in one week and spread it across the month, right? Like anyone who's creating weekly content is gonna really struggle for the rest of your life if every week, I know people who do daily content and after doing that for one or two years, they are destroyed. And when I say destroyed, I mean like people are burnt out. Like all the creators that I know that I personally work with are burnt out because they're trying to create new content every day just to keep up with the algorithm, just to get that view, just to get that ad revenue. It's the worst way of working. Create your content, go deep in creativity, and then post and share and, and make that consistent. You, you make better content too. Thank you. So I'm also in production, and we create inspirational content for brands who want to make a positive impact in the world. And the scheduling of everything when you run a company and doing the meetings like totally resonates with me. And I'm. I like that you picked the number nine. I was thinking of doing my like pre-production, production, post-production, like 11-day increments. I'm curious what your process is like from the three phases of production during those nine days and how much work you actually end up creating. Sure, so I'm thinking of content all the time in the sense of when I'm listening, learning, when I'm in a conversation. I'm not thinking of content in the sense of, oh, this will make a good video. I'm trying to be a human algorithm of learning. So I consider myself to be an intuitive algorithm where when I'm having a conversation, I'm trying to learn and grow and, and take in and absorb as much as I can so that that stores in my mind so that I can use it as a data set later on. So then when I'm sitting down to create content, I'm like, yeah, I remember that one person asked me that question and that really resonated with me. And I read that study the other day and that was really powerful. So what I do is when I'm on planes, I literally have my Apple notes out and I'll just be jotting tons of things down. They're not, they're not aligned, they're not anything. And I, I said one thing at a Q&A and I'll, I'll write that down because I was like, oh, that made sense. So I'm just putting all of this random thought in. And then in nine days, it goes from being random thought to being scripts to then shooting what I do usually in nine days is 12 videos. So I'm making 12 videos because that's how much content I create a month. I create three videos a week. And so that goes from scripting into shoot and edit. So we shoot and edit 12 videos across four days. We do three videos a day. That's usually the volume and then release. Cool. Yeah, thank you. I, and I've got to stop. I'm so sorry. I have this sign waving in my face, but please tweet me and I will answer, I promise. Thank you so much everyone for coming. I'm so grateful, I hope that was useful. Thank you, I really appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really, really appreciate it. I really can't wait to see the takeaways that you came away with. And I can't wait for you to listen to next episode on On Purpose. Thank you so much.